Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, and thank you for standing by. Welcome to Lucid's fourth quarter 2022 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are on a listen-only mode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and this is going to be an interesting show, and I'm kind of excited to see how it turns out. Uh, This is an experiment, I'm not going to lie. So we're going to talk about Lucid Motors Q4 2022 earnings call, but we're going to do this in a little bit different way. Normally, I listen to the entire earnings call, and then I make notes, and I cut it up, and that's that's how you get your your show. But... (laughs) Um, because I had such, so many computer problems this weekend, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read the transcripts, transcripts of Lucid Motors earnings call. I'm going to make notes and then I'll put the audio in later. And that gives me a little bit of breathing room because I got these notes. I just will time, put time markers on my notes, uh, where, where, uh, cause the transcripts give time markers. I'll just put time markers on my notes and, um, We'll see if this works. We'll see if it makes sense. And I'm hoping it does. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to start off with Peter Rawlinson's opening remarks, who is the CEO, if you didn't know, of Lucid Motors. So let's jump in. I'd like to start by extending a heartfelt thank you to the entire Lucid team. I'm proud of their perseverance, resourcefulness, and teamwork. This allowed us to drive meaningful improvements in the back half of 2022 and close out the year with production above our previously stated annual guidance. Uh, we went from making 279 vehicles in 2021 to 7,180 in our first full year of production. And we went from delivering 125 vehicles to customers in 2021 to 4,369 deliveries in 2022. Now, I'd also like to thank our suppliers and partners who work diligently with us to navigate through an exigent year. And, of course, I would particularly like to call out the PIF, who have not only been a committed investor, but really an incredible strategic partner. We are most grateful for their partnership. And, of course, I'd like to thank our customers. Uh, One of the things I enjoy most is getting to meet you and see your delight when you take delivery of your Lucid Air. You are a big part of what drives us to deliver the quality and experience you so deserve. Uh, But let's not forget that 2022 was also a seminal year for the company, a year when we finally realized our vision of producing an EV embodying our view of the most advanced technology possible and getting that into customers' hands in significant numbers. That was not without its challenges, but as ever, the team worked tirelessly to resolve, as I will cover later. Now, during that period, I also observed a growing realization and acknowledgement of our view that our core EV technology is not just the best, but the best by a tangible margin. We see this acceptance widely by many in the know, by those who follow the EV and technology space. In fact, even some of our detractors are coming to this inevitable conclusion that the Lucid Air is a truly incredible product. Now, this awareness has happened. 
though in a large part not just through an overwhelming endorsement from journalists and outlets in the automotive sector, but moreover through customers experiencing the range, comfort and sheer driving pleasure of our cars. Now some of you may have heard my synopsis that there are really three steps that will lead to our success as a company, and those steps are manufacturing, sales and profitability. In short, in respect of our cars, can we make them? Can we sell them? And can we make money on them? Uh, so, in 2022, our primary focus was the first of these steps, to prove it was indeed possible for us to manufacture cars. We put the right leaders in place, brought logistics in-house, and I personally worked tirelessly on the factory floor, leading the team to identify and remove the manufacturing bottlenecks that we faced. In the fact that I'm taking today's earnings call from our headquarters here in Newark, California, is symbolic of the transition of the day-to-day factory operations to Stephen David and our Arizona team. Let me be clear. Production is no longer a bottleneck. We were also able to deliver Lucid Air Touring and a small number of Lucid Air Pure in the fourth quarter, and delivered our first airs into Europe and Saudi Arabia as promised. So we now have variants of air covering a spectrum of performance and range on the road today, and Sapphire, our highest performance air, is scheduled to start production this summer. You may indeed have seen a video on social media of the Lucid Air Sapphire in a quarter-mile drag race with the Tesla Model S Plaid, the Bugatti Chiron, and the Ducati motorcycle. Lucid Air Sapphire's extraordinary performance is truly a testament to the superiority of the technology we have developed in-house. So whilst other EVs may offer a choice between performance, range, efficiency, charging speed, luxury and space, variants of Lucid Air lead in all of these key metrics. And this is fundamentally enabled through the vertical integration of our technology. We design, we develop and manufacture our own motor, inverter, bi-directional charger and race-derived battery pack in our powertrain factory in Arizona. Now, integral to this is our world-class EV powertrain software. And I want to clarify that a large part of our incredible range and performance is indeed software-derived. And I think that there's insufficient understanding and appreciation of this core lucid capability. And this is where the importance of our in-house technology leadership is paramount. Not only does it provide advantages in performance, efficiency, charging times, interior space, among many other features, we also expect it will provide a cost advantage at scale. And there are tangible metrics that lead us to believe our technology is probably several years ahead of even our next closest competitor, who, in turn, we believe is several years ahead of others. And we continue to invest in cutting-edge innovation. This is a central capability which I find really exciting and personally really inspiring. A great example is our new motorsport scribe unit with integral electric motor, inverter and transmission, which is already in use as the standard front drive unit for a leading electric racing series. And this embodies Lucid's very latest technology, resulting in unprecedented compactness and light weight for its power output. Now, I'm also proud to say that Lucid Air achieved the highest possible rating of five stars in the rigorous Euro NCAP safety assessment, with a full five stars for each category. We brought a clean sheet design and engineering to Lucid Air with the goal of securing the highest possible safety ratings. Also, in the fourth quarter, we released 22 over-the-air software updates, and in particular, released UX 2.0, which is our most extensive software update to date, comprising literally tens of millions of new lines of source code across nearly every updatable computer in the vehicle. Lucid Air was engineered from the start with this over-the-air capability and is in every car we make today. 
And many of the updates and refinements were based on owner feedback and ideas. And our incredible software team is working on further developments and improvements and features, and you'll see these continuously rolled out over time. Our software capabilities are further demonstrated through our recent decision to initiate a voluntary recall of a small number of Lucid Airs related to a supplier issue. Now, I want to be super clear. We were not mandated to do this, but we have an unwavering commitment to our customers. We were able to identify potentially impacted vehicles by sending a software update to all of our vehicles that allowed us to scan for a particular electrical signature within each car, and thereby to identify the less than 300 cars potentially affected by this supplier issue. Now, this truly innovative, over-the-air solution is an example of our world-class software capabilities and advanced technologies. Believe me, very few car companies would have been able to implement such a solution. Now, I'd also like to address some questions that we've been getting about battery cell supply. In the fourth quarter, we signed an agreement with Panasonic for battery cells. We expect this agreement, along with our existing agreements with LG and Samsung, to give us sufficient cell supply for our air and gravity programs comfortably through 2025. So having manufactured 7,180 vehicles and delivered 4,369 vehicles in 2022. We currently have more than 28,000 reservations. In fact, more than we plan to even make in 2023. And this doesn't include the up to 100,000 vehicles under the agreement with the government of Saudi Arabia, with deliveries expected to start this year. Now, as we indicated last quarter, one part of the variance between production and deliveries is the distribution of vehicles across three areas of the delivery process, and that is vehicles in transit, vehicles awaiting pre-delivery inspection, and vehicles awaiting delivery to a customer. Now, some of the vehicles were also internal fleet cars for test drives and engineering. A further constraint is, of course, matching the precise specification of cars we build to that of the customer selection. But, like many other companies, we are not immune from a challenging macroeconomic environment. Now, Sherry will go through our guidance in more detail, but I want to reiterate that we are not limited by production. We could scale up, but we're making a conscious decision to match production whilst focusing upon cost-effective build quality. We are focused on building versions of air to meet customer interest, converting reservations into orders, meeting and increasing customer demand, and getting lucid air into the hands of more drivers who can become brand advocates. And I want to stress that uh, this is nothing new to lucid Having designed and engineered Lucid Air through a time of considerable turbulence in the supply chain, we built our greenfield factory in arguably one of the most challenging times the industry has ever seen with the COVID pandemic, later overcoming numerous supply chain and logistics bottlenecks to ramp production. Indeed, we persevered through circumstances outside of our control while growing and becoming a stronger and more nimble company from our experiences. And we'll continue focusing upon innovation and bringing the best products we believe anyone has ever seen to market to delight our customers, but also to make the planet a better place for generations to come in so doing. And and we're not only building zero-emission cars, we're building zero-emission cars that make the best use of the world's resources and that's through our advanced technology and design. It's this mission and our incredible customers that drive us every day. And indeed, that's why I am so optimistic about our future. Um, in 2023, we have two primary strategic areas of focus. Number one, 
customer awareness and growth. And number two, a laser focus on costs. Sherry will talk more about costs in her prepared remarks. So let me speak now to growth. I, I spoke about the early momentum we had that was impacted by our ability to manufacture airs for delivery. We identified the issues and moved quickly to address them. We've gotten past the major bottlenecks, limiting manufacturing, but this had some impact on the demand we generated early on, and this has been exacerbated by the challenging macroeconomic environment. But we know there's real interest in our car. We know this because despite not having an aggressive brand awareness campaign, we generated a considerable amount of consumer interest and reservations. And these are customers that discovered Lucid through our accolades. There's a coveted early dream edition and grand touring customers who, who love this luxury EV. We've learned so much from our early adopter customers. And they're on the cutting edge of automotive. They're the tastemakers. And now we're ready to expand to a broader audience. Just as I work side by side with the team in Arizona to alleviate the manufacturing bottlenecks, I've been personally touring the country, visiting our studios, listening to our sales associates, delivering cars in person, and speaking to customers to garner all their insightful feedback. And I've taken this feedback to energize the team with a renewed focus upon building broader and more targeted brand awareness. This effort reaches across our organization, from leadership to the retail customer experience, and furthers the progress we've already seen with national ride and drive programs. Indeed, we're inviting people to experience the best, and those who best understand this are our customers who ultimately become our very best advocates. And there's also a critical mass we're nearing. In my experience, there's a tipping point in brand visibility once enough vehicles are on the road. And I believe we're getting really closer to that point now. I'm proud to say that today, indeed, we believe there's a lucid air in every single state of the USA. And turning to our product roadmap, we have stealth look coming, metal roof touring, more pure all-wheel drive, and pure rear-wheel drive, the purest of the pures. We have a lot of latent demand for these products. However, I should note, we are experiencing a supply chain issue with stealth look that will impact our ability to ship these in Q1 of this year. And we have quite a bit of demand here, and we're working very hard to resolve this. Uh, we'll also be ramping up international shipments this year, of course, to Europe and to the Middle East. And I'm really excited about the Gravity SUV, which remains on track for start of production in 2024. Gravity builds upon everything we've achieved thus far, driving further advancements of our in-house technology to create a luxury SUV like none other. Gravity is a further evolution of Lucid's core DNA of luxury, spaciousness, and efficiency through its in-house technology, setting itself apart from the competition with a previously unattainable combination of supercar performance and seating for up to seven adults. I look forward to Gravity's public unveiling later this year. So, I want to leave you with a message of restless op optimism for the year ahead. We have what we view as the very best car imaginable in production today, a view substantiated with countless reviews and accolades. Plus, we have more attainable versions arriving very soon. We now need to amplify this message across a broader customer audience in order to broaden awareness, which will in turn drive sales. We'll be ramping up in key new international markets will be producing with quality and volume. Truly landmark products are on their way in Sapphire and Gravity, supported by a technology roadmap to keep us clearly ahead of the competition. I consider myself privileged to lead our talented team through this, the next step of our journey. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. All right, uh, Peter Rawlinson's opening remarks. Let's kind of go over them real quick. In 2021, they produced 279 vehicles. In 2022, 7,180. It should be noted that 2021 was a partial year of production, and deliveries. They delivered 125 vehicles, and in 2022, they delivered 4,369. Now, he talked about challenges, and I know that this was very long. Like, his um, opening remarks went for a long time. Like, I had to read a lot uh, before he was done talking. But I I don't know if you noticed, he mentioned that they, they, they had challenges, and then he boasted of their superior technology and how people are finally catching on. So some of the challenges that they had were bottleneck issues, but they say they no longer have those. And those that'll come up a little bit later in the episode. They also talked about a small recall on their vehicle, which was totally voluntary, but they blamed their suppliers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, maybe it's the supplier's fault, but I don't know that you call them out in an earnings call. Um, another thing that they talked about was some supply chain issues. Uh, doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal, but who really knows? Uh, one fun thing was they got a five-star rating in the Euro NCAP, um, testing. That's the insurance testing in Europe. So that's good. They got a new UX design for, for, uh, user interface. Uh, it's, it's Another funny thing, sometimes these guys uh, and gals crack me up with their, um, <laughs> with their, the way that they talk. So they have two areas where they're going to strategic, strate <laughs> sorry, they have two areas where they're going to strategically um, focus their efforts, right? In 2023, customer awareness, growth, and they're going to have a laser focused on cost. So that's three things, three things, Peter. Now, I think that's really important to focus on. Don't get me wrong. You could probably focus on a lot of different things. You don't have to have laser focus on any one thing. You could just kind of prioritize uh, what needs to be fixed the soonest. 
Um, I don't know. I'm not a CEO of a company. The Gravity SUV seems to be on track for 2024. Next up, we are going to hear from Sherry House, who is the Chief Financial Officer for Lucid. Let's go ahead and listen in. Thank you, Peter. And thank you to those who are taking the time to join us today. In 2022, we scaled virtually every part of our business while keeping a sharp focus on execution. We made tremendous strides in our production ramp, began delivering grand touring, air touring, and pure in the U.S., and initiated deliveries into Canada, Europe, and the Middle East. We also launched Lucid Financial Services to provide loan and lease products to our customer base and had our most significant over-the-air software upgrade in UX 2.0, just to name a few of our many achievements. We were able to accomplish this despite supplier, supply chain, logistics, and quality issues throughout parts of the year, and we finished the year on a strong production note, coming in above our previous annual production guidance. All of this was achieved through the perseverance and collaboration of the entire Lucid team. I'd like to extend my sincere gratitude to them and to our customers, our partners, and our suppliers, without whom this would not have been possible. Now, turning to our fourth quarter in 2022 financial results. For 2022, we recorded revenue of just over $608 million, up from just over $27 million in 2021, and achieved an adjusted EBITDA loss of $1.97 billion versus a loss of $952 million in 2021. In 2022, we made important investments in our future and did so while ensuring a healthy balance sheet throughout the year with an average liquidity balance of over $4.8 billion. Now, moving to the fourth quarter results. We produced 3,493 vehicles, delivered 1,932, and generated revenue of $257.7 million. Cost of revenue was $615.3 million for the fourth quarter. As we produce vehicles at low volumes on production lines designed for higher volumes, we have and we will continue to experience negative gross profit related to labor and overhead costs. However, as we scale production, we would expect to see economy of scale benefits. Additionally, we recorded a lower cost or net realizable value, which we also refer to as LCNRV, adjustment of $204.9 million in Q4. This amount contemplates the value we anticipate receiving upon vehicle sale after considering costs necessary to convert the inventory on hand into a finished product. Our LCNRV impairment increased 10% on an absolute basis, primarily due to the production of multiple variants of air and an increase in inventory levels associated with the ramp in production. We typically receive several questions from the investment community on LCNRV and how to normalize this impact. The impairment calculation has various levels of complexity, and so understandably, it's very difficult to back out when assessing gross margin. What I would say is we have seen improvements in gross margin throughout the year. When adjusting for the LCNRV, we went from an average gross margin of negative 138% in Q1 and Q2 to an average negative 58% in Q3, Q4 for a total gross margin improvement of 2.3x over that period. And we're far from done. We have many additional opportunities identified that I'll illustrate in a moment. Moving to operating expenses. We've been able to hold operating expenses essentially flat while increasing the revenue line 32% quarter over quarter. R&D expense totaled approximately $221.3 million, up 4% sequentially. The sequential increase was primarily related to gravity and payroll expenses, partially offset by lower stock-based compensation expense. SG&A expense was approximately $170.9 million, down 3% sequentially. The sequential decrease was primarily due to lower staff-based compensation expense and reduction of specific external professional services. Staff-based compensation in the quarter was $71.3 million. Approximately $11.9 million was in cost of revenue, $28.5 million in research and development, 
and 30.9 million was in SG&A. In other income, we recognized a non-cash gain of 256 million related to a change in fair value of a common stock warrant liability. I'd like to highlight, though, that this non-cash warrant-related impact can be influenced quarter to quarter by a number of factors, but one of the larger factors is Lucid Group's share price at the end of the quarter. The decrease in our share price was one of the key reasons for the non-cash gain. The inverse should also hold true, so that's something to consider as some of you build forecasts at the end of each quarter. In Q4, we achieved an adjusted EBITDA loss of $623.6 million. Moving to the balance sheet, we ended the quarter with just over $4.4 billion in cash, cash equivalents, and investments, with total liquidity of approximately $4.9 billion when considering our global credit facilities. This included the successful completion of a $1.5 billion capital raise in Q4 which was comprised of an at-the-market offering for net proceeds of $594.3 million and also the consummation of a private placement of shares to the PIF for aggregate proceeds of $915 million. The Public Investment Fund of Saudi Arabia has been a committed investor and a strategic partner for Lucid for many years, and we're so grateful for their partnership and support. Since 2018, the PIF has invested $3.6 billion including $915 million through its private placement in Q4 2022 through IAIR, an affiliate of the PIF. They've also been instrumental in introducing us to many of the ministries throughout Saudi Arabia, and those relationships and partnerships have resulted in significant economic and administrative support as we launch our international operations in the Middle East. Back to the balance sheet. We're very proud of the balance sheet strength that we've been able to consistently sustain over time. As you've seen over the last 15 months, we have accessed a variety of funding options from the $2 billion green convertible bond offering at the end of 2021 to the $1.5 billion at the market in private placement at the end of 2022, coupled with government support in Saudi Arabia in the large $1 billion ABL facility we put in place with a world-class banking syndicate. We'll continue to take a holistic and opportunistic approach towards funding and business. We believe we have access to a variety of available options in debt and equity markets, as well as access to low-cost government programs. Turning to inventory, inventory increased 22% in the quarter due to our production volume ramp and the number of vehicle variants that we are now producing. Capital expenditures were $289.9 million in Q4. Year-to-date CapEx was approximately $1.1 billion, slightly lower than our guidance of $1.2 billion, which is due to timing of payments and the deferment of certain costs by reconfiguring usage of Phase 1 at AMP1 in Arizona in order to use it for a longer period of time before we fully cut over to Phase 2 in Arizona. Before providing our 2023 outlook, I want to speak to our top two priorities as a company. Heading into 2023, we recognize the difficult market environment and particularly the impact higher interest rates and market uncertainty has on consumers' inclination to purchase, and we're taking action. We talked about our two strategic priorities in 2023 being number one, growth, and number two, cost. Peter spoke to our growth priority, so I'll largely address cost. But before doing so, I'd like to make one comment on our growth. Beyond our focus on vehicle growth, I believe we have a number of additional opportunities, many of which are already beginning to become additive to 2023. Our strong technology advantage is no longer in question. Our range, our performance, our efficiency, our charge times, we're increasingly being recognized for our in-house technology. And these are creating opportunities. We generated revenue from our motorsports electric drive unit in Q4. We expect to recognize a small amount of revenue from a U.S. government award for battery module prototypes, and a number of others have reached out to us for discussion on licensing or purchasing our technology. In addition, we signed our first vehicle emission credit deal in the U.S. It's a multi-year deal, and we expect to recognize a small amount of revenue starting in 2023. 
and we see considerably more opportunity here as the regulatory environment around many parts of the world tightens. Turning to cost, there are two areas of cost that we are zeroing in on. The first is driving down the cost per vehicle. The second is cost optimization of operating expenses. And let me go through each. On the manufacturing and cost of goods both side, we've been intensely focused on reducing costs. We have daily cost improvement meetings across various areas of manufacturing, engineering, and supply chain. Last year, we were able to reduce costs to more than cover the headwinds in the form of battery raw material input costs. As we are sitting here in February, we already have identified cost opportunities at a similar level to last year that we expect to implement by the end of this year. And we are surfacing more innovative ideas in cross-functional internal meetings and value engineering workshops with our supply base. This is before considering the impact of the Inflation Reduction Act, which we expect to contribute as much as a couple thousand dollars per vehicle. As we look ahead to gravity, we've already sourced approximately 70% of gravity components with a very strong carryover of suppliers from air. And I'm happy to report that on an aggregate basis to date, we've been able to stay in alignment with our cost targets for gravity. Another area of cost focus for this year is inbound freight. We've achieved significant reductions last year by moving our international freight from air transit to sea. But we've identified another 2 to 3x savings that we believe is possible. We have a task team assigned, and we think this is one of the fastest realizable cost reduction opportunities available to us this year. On the operating expense side, we're instilling the same approach. We're looking at all facets of spending with a multitude of ideas on the table. In SG&A, we do expect growth in a couple of key areas. Number one, we'll continue to strategically build out our service and delivery footprint throughout the U.S., Europe, and the Middle East as we meet the needs of our growing customer base and our commitment to customer care. However, we're simultaneously studying ways to drive increased efficiencies out of our existing studio and service center assets, and we're feeding this information into our future planning. And second, we're increasing our investment in IT enterprise systems to support the increasing production and delivery volume, global expansion, continuous improvement in cybersecurity, and growth in cloud data resources for both our active customer fleet and our internal R&D initiatives. We are instilling a culture of cost consciousness, and we're working across the company to identify and execute on numerous cost efficiency opportunities. Now to our outlook. For 2023, while we believe we have capacity for greater production, we're forecasting a production range of 10,000 to 14,000 vehicles. Given the uncertain macro environment, we think it's prudent to provide a guidance range that's larger than what we would provide under normal circumstances. While we don't provide quarterly guidance, I want to highlight some things to consider as you think about the linearity throughout the year. In Q1, factory production in the early part of January was reduced by seven days of production due to a planned year-end physical inventory count. We'll also start building vehicles for Europe and the Middle East in earnest shortly, and so there will be some transit time associated with that. In addition, due to supply chain challenges, we were unable to deliver on the popular stealth look option, resulting in a reduction of buildable configurations heading into Q1, and so we made a strategic decision to moderate some production as we transition to buildable configurations. Thus, we expect Q1 to be down significantly on a sequential basis with a corresponding impact on margins in Q1. In Q2, we will ramp shipments to the Middle East and Europe, so we would expect total deliveries to increase in Q2. We will also begin to build popular configurations across several vehicle variants, including pure in higher volumes, for which demand remains very strong. Starting in Q3, we may begin activating parts of Phase 2 at AMP 1, and we expect some transitional downtime could occur. In Q4, with Phase 2, we would expect higher efficiencies as specific shops come online, and hence greater potential manufacturing output versus the rest of the year. 
While I would caution that there are many controllable and uncontrollable variables that we that can affect gross margin, I wanted to provide some color on the direction of our gross margin. We expect lower volumes in Q1 to impact gross margin, but expect sequential improvement throughout the year, which should be supported by some of the expected bill of material cost downs and inbound freight opportunities that I just mentioned a moment ago. Regarding our liquidity position, we ended the quarter with approximately $4.9 billion in total liquidity, which we believe provides sufficient capital at least into the first quarter of 2024. Moving to CapEx, we expect capital expenditures for 2023 to be between $1.5 and $1.75 billion, reflecting some efficiencies and deferrals in our capital outlay which is lower than the $2 billion annual CapEx that we provided at the beginning of 2022. We are moving forward with parts of Phase 2 in Arizona, as we believe will benefit from a number of cost efficiencies, including bringing logistics more fully on site, bringing staffing in-house, as well as plant efficiencies. We also are looking at activating Phase 2 online in stages on a shop-by-shop basis, which we expect will allow us to defer some capital expenditures until 2024 without a delay in the estimated gravity timing. Lastly, as Peter mentioned, we had more than 28,000 reservations as of February 21st, and this is before counting the potential impact of the up to 100,000 vehicles from KSA. At the time we first started providing reservations, we had not started production or deliveries, and we provided this figure as a proxy to estimate potential future revenue. With the progression of our business, we believe production and deliveries are a better representation of the progress of our business. And so, going forward, we will no longer plan to provide an updated quarterly reservation number. However, we plan to continue to provide quarterly production and delivery figures shortly following the end of each quarter. As we look into 2023, we'll continue to focus on strong capital discipline, leaving no stone unturned for every cost optimization or elimination opportunity. We are proud of our technology and product achievements. We're gearing for growth while simultaneously taking a vigorous and comprehensive look at reducing costs, and I am very excited about the opportunities that lie ahead of us. All right. I don't really have anything to add to that. This is really more for the investors, but between Sherry and uh, Peter, it's almost 30 minutes of a conversation that we were not a part of. I don't think it was bad information, don't get me wrong, but let's jump into our analyst call. John Murphy asked a question about declining reservations, and this actually ends up being a theme, which is why I put all of the uh, declining reservation questions in this show, because Really, that's what the analysts wanted to know more about. You know, I, I just wanted to dig into sort of the, the decline in the, um, in the reservations um, and sort of this, this new line that, that demand may be uh, a little bit weaker um, than expected. I mean, and Peter, when you, when you look at this, the, the, um, you know, the implied price on the old backlog was $94,000, um, and then on the current um, you know, backlog, it's 96,000. So it kind of indicates that the mix improved. Um, so it, it seems like these folks might be a bit stickier, but you're indicating that the demand relative to your production is, 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 is weakening. Um, but it's still far in excess of what you're talking about producing this year of 10 to 14,000 units. So I'm, I'm just trying to understand, um, why if production is not an issue, why you wouldn't produce more to, um, to drive revenue and, and profits this year if, if, if that backlog is, is real. Yeah, yes, uh, Peter here. John, that's a very uh, cogent point. Uh, first of all, we do have over 28,000 reservations, but remember that a reservation doesn't guarantee itself is trans- transmitting, translating into uh, a delivery. These are non-binding reservations. You can't bank on a reservation automatically transitioning into a delivery. I'd also like to point out that the 28,000 does not include the 100,000 that are potentially um, being ordered by the the, the government of of Saudi Arabia. So we're sitting on a 
in, in a very good position in that respect. I think what um, we've got to focus on is providing cars, building configurations from the factory that precisely match the, the, the configuration of the customer order. For example, we've got stealth uh, trim coming. We've got a little delay in stealth trim because of a, a, a supplier issue. And there's a, there's a lot of orders for stealth. And then uh, there's, there's, there's pure in volume, although we've delivered some pures, and, we're, and, and, and many of those reservations are waiting for the availability of the purest version of pure, the real-world drive. So I think a lot of this is, you know, our focus on providing new variants, our focus on uh, building cars with the utmost attention to quality and cost in terms of optimizing our processes and matching the cars that we do build to the precise reservation, the, the precise specification of the customer whilst being mindful that a reservation in itself is non-binding and not guaranteed to transition to the consummation of an order. Additionally, we're in the process of expanding internationally, and that takes time. We'll also be putting some vehicles on boats and starting to really bring more volume to the Middle East and the Europe, especially as we're exiting Q1 and into Q2. So you're going to start to see that pick up throughout the year in volume. And, and, and also, John, the, 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 our advice, our, our guidance for the year is a reflection uh, of the, you know, the, the range due to the uncertainty of the current macroeconomic conditions. And, you know, the effect on consumer behavior is, is challenging in such circumstances. All right. So I don't think you should take into consideration that 100,000 fictitious reservations from the Saudi government. Like, I'm sure the Saudi government is good for those reservations. But until, you know, the world's a weird place uh, right now. But And until they actually start building cars there and um, selling cars there, I, I wouldn't count on that for income anytime in the, the near future. But let's pretend that once the factory is built uh, and the Saudi government purchases 100,000 of these bad chickens, can you imagine being the person who just drives around checking water meters all day and they're just driving around in a $160,000 car? I'm all for that. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. Uh, next up, we have James Piccarillo, and he's going to kind of push back on that reservation answer and... I'm not sure we get. I'm not sure we get a good answer from Peter and the team. So let's listen. Just to ask John's question, first question, maybe, you know, just another way or, or more bluntly, the the ten to fourteen thousand production guide. That's a uh, a deeper reflection of, of of underlying demand as opposed to any limitations on your ability to ramp production, right? Because production is no longer the bottleneck. If you were to annualize your fourth quarter production. Right, that would get you to fourteen thousand units for the full year. Um, you know, if you know, so yeah. Can you can you just kind of unpack that just one more time in terms of you know what what informs this range? Is it is it demand or or is it yeah? Certainly, and and your math is is, is irrefutable. Uh, look, we've sold production. That is not the, the 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 gating issue here now. My focus is on sales, and here's the thing. We've got what I believe uh, and to be the very best product in the world. And we've just too few people are aware of not just the car, but even the company. And so we need to amplify my focus now away from production to amplifying customer awareness that we've got this amazing car with unprecedented range, technology, efficiency, incredible driving machine, a great driver's car. Uh, you know, the just uh, unbridled joy of ownership that we're getting feedback from 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 uh, owners who've experienced this. We need to amplify that message and broaden the awareness, which in turn will drive sales. And that is the focus right now. It's not that we're production constrained. Yeah. And then in addition, um, reservation holders 
some of them are waiting for us to offer their very specific configurations in, in volume. We talked about that already, whether it be pure, whether it be stealth, whether it be some of the Middle East and European configurations as well. Yeah, there's quite a lot of interest in stealth, and unfortunately we've got a, a little bit of a delay due to supplier supply chain challenges, which we're working assiduously to resolve. Before I cut to this clip, I said I don't think we're going to get a very good answer, one that's clarified. Do you think that we got something that was would qualify as a good answer? If you do, email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. Curious. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to pronounce this person's name. John Jessica. He has yet another question about reservations, so let's listen in. Peter, Sherry, good evening, and uh, thanks for taking my questions. Um, first on on reservations, are, are you seeing higher cancellation rates on maybe your higher trim vehicles, or what drove the the recent decision to add an incentive on select trim levels? Well, remember that when we have a reservation, it is a non-binding reservation. So there's no guarantee that someone who's made a reservation will actually follow through with that. What we are seeing is a, a, a very strong demand, particularly for a, a, a product that are forthcoming, pure, real drive pure um, touring. I think that we've had a very strong uptake of Green Edition and Grand Touring, but I think there is a latent demand for other products in the range, and particularly stealth. I think there's a a strong demand for stealth, and that's why I'm frustrated that we have some supply chain issues now, which are delaying that a little bit, Uh, but it's coming very soon. I don't have much to add to that answer other than, of course, Peter thinks that the Lucid Air is the best car on the market. He's the CEO of the company. If he didn't, it would be ridiculous. All right, we're moving on to our final question. Chris McNally asks a question about demand versus production. Two, two, two quick ones, one on uh, pure and then, and then one just um, qualitatively on, on gross margin. Um, so, so, Peter, on, on pure... You mentioned that, you know, more units and more volume will be available in, in early 2024. And uh, just to combine the sort of demand, wait time, and, and reservations comments you've already uh, answered to some of the other um, questions, why couldn't you produce more pure this year that would pull in higher conversion um, uh, from the reservations and just do it this year as opposed to 24? That was the, the part that wasn't clear. Oh, 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 we don't have to wait till 2024. What we've said is that Gravity will start production in 24. We're absolutely indeed doing that, Chris. We're ramping up Pure and Rear Wheel Drive Pure uh, throughout this year. It's what we need to do is ramp up the supplier's ability to supply the parts for those particular models. Okay, so while, while production is not a bottleneck, there is maybe component supply issues that have a natural ramp curve for, for pure. So you are somewhat limited on the amount that you can produce of, of pure this yeah. year, even though it's not a yeah. quote-unquote bottleneck. That's right. And, 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 and we're further ahead with four-wheel drive pure than two-wheel drive pure. And, and actually, two-wheel drive pure is a great car as well because it's a classic rear-wheel drive car, great driver's machine. Peter, would you, I mean, just because, you know, there's a, always a, a question that will result of this, of, you know, uh, chicken and egg of demand versus production. Would you be willing to, to venture, you know, on a go-forward basis? Do you think Pure will be, you know, sort of greater than 50% of the, um, of, of sort of the demand for, for air if we put gravity um, aside? I, I would think that's a reasonable, reasonable assumption, yes. I think that we're looking for just its price point will determine that 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 that, that, that would figure that presumption would be reasonable. Yes. Yeah. But I, I, I can't guide precisely on the product mix, but I would think you're not far off. Yeah, I would think that over time that that's what you would see. You know, you're going to have some different impacts here in the near term because some of the regions like the Middle East and Europe haven't had the opportunity to enjoy some of the higher product 
products yet. Yeah. Um, so, so there's going to be, you know, maybe a little bit more uh, focus on those earlier, and then, then they would get pure a little bit Indeed. later. That's why we're going to be building green right. and grand tourings now very soon for Europe and the Middle East. Uh, in, in numbers as, as we, as we, uh, as, as we ramp up that. So there will be a skew towards higher end products, but I think that will be transient in those markets. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And then, and then Sherry, just, um, one more uh, for, for you. I, I know you, you don't want to give gross margin targets or, or guidance, but is it, yeah. is it fair, is it fair to assume you, you talked about the, the cost improvements from sort of you know, the 58% sort of, uh, quote-unquote, normalized in, in second half. You'll make some improvements over the course of 2023, but you really right. won't get the unit scale under absorption just given the, the numbers versus, you know, where sort of second half and, and Q4 are. Is it fair to assume that that is probably by far the absolute largest bucket to get you to gross margin positive and, and that when I think about a high utilization number, you probably have to get production into the 30-plus units to sort of have high utilization on just phase one? Again, no numbers, but conceptually. Yeah, I think conceptually you're, you're thinking about the right way. I think that we're, we're seeing really good reductions in bill of material costs and, the, as I said, in some of the other areas where I think we have some control, including inbound freight. But that, you know, remember, is going to take through the year to start to see. So it's going to be gradual over time. And then when you look at volume probably increasing over that period, we, we guided that Q1 will be low, um, and the fact that you've got some depreciation that's going to start activating as we bring on some of those additional shops um, towards the end of the year, that's going to increase the depreciation, and, you know, the volume's not going to catch up entirely to that, Right. So you've got some competing forces there, but I think you've got a pretty good understanding of it as you just described it. All right, everybody. I'm going to leave it here. I don't really have much to add. Um, overall, not a bad earnings call in terms of information. Um, I'm not sure how they did financially, but in terms of information for this show, not a bad earnings call. I will say that the analysts really pushing so hard on the reservation backlog and even demand versus production, even that question was a reservation question uh, that I, that clearly signals to me, or I shouldn't say clearly that signals to me that the analysts are concerned about lucid's future, like 23,000 vehicles is not that many vehicles, especially when you consider that they have the pure coming out um, I think they've started production on that, but don't quote me on that. I might be wrong. It just seems like that's the canary in the coal mine. Uh, there, there was maybe two other questions, possibly three. They didn't leave a lot of time for analyst questions, but maybe let's say three other questions that did not have to do with reservations in some way or form. So, you know, think of it what you will. If you have questions, you can email me. It's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. And, yeah, that's it, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Not this week's, this episode. I, I used to do a weekly show. I can't get that out of my head. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Next time we talk, we will be talking about Tesla's Investor Day. So until then, I bid you adieu. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes our Q&A session. But I have to have laser focus. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us, call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.